0: your boy Kevin Telaghani right here on Clutch and welcome this is episode number two I'm really excited to get this going so let's get things going right now so right now we have to talk about the draft it was an amazing draft it really was you know drafting with you know Mac Jones the pages drafted Mac Jones in the first round which was great um He's gonna be a good quarterback for us. He's gonna be a great future quarterback for the Patriots, I think. And you know, with the Patriots drafting him, I think he's gonna be the bench on the bench right now. It could be a possibility. But can he come and play later on in the season? I think so. I have a great feeling that he could start maybe midseason if you know we don't do well. If the Patriots are probably five and five, maybe six and six, you know. Whatever record they are, I think the Patriots are going to do well. I think the Patriots are going to strive well. We're going to be thirteen and four, possibly or eleven and six. But well, I'm excited. Mac Jones is a New England Patriot right now, and how else better can you get? Here's the thing: like you know, for me being a Patriots fan, I wanted us to draft Justin Fields. I really felt like he could be a great part of the Patriot system but we all know that he went to the chicago bears now the chicago bears they got a great quarterback all three of them andy dalton nick Foles, and now justin fields which is great they have a lot of options at quarterback if i'm the chicago bears right now i'm definitely starting andy dalton but it could be a tight race for justin fields you know justin fields nick Foles. Anyone can start out there if you're the Chicago Bears. But enough of the Chicago Bears. Mac Jones, great pick. I'm so glad that we have a future quarterback for the Patriots right now. It is great. It is amazing. Now we don't have to worry about any other quarterbacks to sign here to maybe trade for. But if I'm the New England Patriots right now, you have to stop and think and think about this for a while. Do you think that Jared Stidham will be on the roster come opening time and I don't think so because here's the thing yeah we had him for a year last year and yeah he didn't do well but if I'm the New England Patriots right now you have to stop and think and say this is Jared Stidham really the guy that you're looking for in New England is he the answer and I don't think he is because if Jared Stidham was the answer for the Patriots he would have been starting quarterback last year. And we wouldn't have signed Cam Newton in the offseason. So I could possibly see Jared Siddham not being on the Patriots anymore. I could see him being cut during the preseason. I could really see that. I mean, yeah, we'd only have two quarterbacks, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe Jared Siddham could say. Maybe he could go. But I can definitely see Jared Siddham not being in the Patriots uniform by the end of – by the start of this season. I just don't see it. I really don't see Jared Stidham working out for the Patriots. You know, yeah, he's a decent quarterback. He's an okay quarterback. But I just don't think that him being on the Patriots right now is really the answer. I have a feeling that Matt Jones could be our future. I really can see that for the Patriots. And I think if you're Bill Belichick right now, you're really sitting down and you're thinking, hmm, is Jared Stidham really going to be the answer that the Patriots need right now? And the answer to that is no, because you got Mac Jones and you have Cam Newton. Now, here's the thing I think I discussed this in last week's episode, but is Cam Newton going to be the answer for the Patriots? We don't know, but I think that Cam Newton is on a revenge tour right now. He is on, uh, you know, I'm ready to prove all the hitters wrong. Because everyone's down in the Patriots. Everyone's saying, you know, the Patriots aren't going to do well. Cam Newton, he's a washed-up quarterback. You know, he hasn't played since the days he's been, you know, quarterback for the Panthers when they were in this run for the Super Bowl. But, you know, that's getting Cam Newton probably upset, probably sad, pissed off. And Cam Newton's thinking to himself, hey, I'm going to prove everyone wrong right now. I have weapons. I have Hunter Henry, John Smith's. John Smith, I have Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and I can't believe I'm saying this name, but Nikhil Harry. I have a lot of weapons for the New England Patriots, and I'm on a revenge tour, and the Patriots are on the shock the world nation. They're going to shock the world. They're going to come out here, and they're going to do that. That's what they're going to do. The New England Patriots will be back in the playoffs, Will they make it to the AFC championship game? Possibly. I'm giving them a 50% chance right now. The New England Patriots possibly making it. It could be a possibility. But I would have to see halfway through the season. I think Cam Newton will shock the world. I think he will. He's going to make the Patriots win 10 or 11 games. We could possibly the fourth seed. In the playoffs, or maybe wild card. It could be wild card. You never know with Cam Newton. But here's the difference between last season and this season. Last season, Cam Newton had no freaking weapons. He had no one besides Julian Edelman and the Mary Bird or whatever the heck his name is that he's now on the Bears now. But he had no weapons compared to this season. He knows Hunter Henry. He knows John Smith. He knows Aguilar, and he knows Kendrick Bourne. And he knows his wide receivers, too, like Myers and Harry better. But Jacoby Myers was on an MVP tour for the Patriots. He was saving our butts, and I'll tell you that. But Cam Newton, he's on that revenge tour. Everyone's doubting him. You know, Bills fans, Jets fans, Miami fans. I don't think some Patriots fans, because maybe some Patriots fans, but Cam Newton... I'm going to say this right now in it and it'll happen. He on that shock the world tour right now. And it's about to happen right now. This season, everyone's going to say, Oh, Cam Newton's not going to shock the world. He ain't going to even make the playoffs. But look, he damn well has weapons and he damn well is going to prove all the haters wrong. And I can't wait to see him on that revenge tour this season. You know, We have the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. I don't know who the other five teams are that have the other easiest schedules ahead of us, but we have the sixth easiest schedule. So I can definitely see us. I'll talk about that in my next week's episode about schedules, but I think that the Patriots can obviously win 10, 11, maybe 12 games and be 12 and five, 6, 10 and seven. I can definitely see that. But Tony Romo, was right. I think he said this in the AFC championship game or a playoff before that saying, oh, New England's going to be back. And shockingly, I really love Tony Romo as a you know broadcaster. He knows what he's talking about. And he was right. The Patriots will be back and be better than ever. They will be. It's an honest opinion. It's true. Because if you're not making a playoff with a roster with Janu, with Hunter Henry, Aguilar, with Kendrick Bourne, then Cam Newton is not the answer for the Patriots, and Mac Jones will be starting a couple seasons into couple seasons. But who knows? Who knows? But I believe in Cam. You know that, like, you know, one ex-girlfriend, and you're like, hey, you know, I'll give you a second chance and we'll see where things go from there. That's basically what Cam Newton is when he's on the Patriots for his second year. First year, he was washed up. He didn't even know how to pass He was throwing, you know, screen passes into the dirt. He was missing all of his wide receivers, and he only threw 10 touchdowns and, I think, a couple interceptions. But that's the difference between Cam Newton last year to this year. We saw Cam Newton, like, further ahead into the, into the season, where he had no preseason, no practice, no whatsoever. But compared to this season... He has a lot of time to practice. He has all the time in the world to, you know, talk with his teammates, to, you know, perform well, to, you know, strategize with his, you know, players. And I think he can definitely turn things around for the New England Patriots this year. I can definitely see that. Because, Cam Newton, I know many people are saying, oh, he's not a great quarterback, he's washed up, but Cam Newton – This season is going to prove everyone wrong, and I cannot wait until he shocks the world because many people are hating him. Many people are saying that he's not good, but I do agree. Last season was not a great season for Cam Newton. He proved everyone wrong because he did not perform well. 7-9 and is not a winning season. That's not proving everyone right, and it's not proving everyone wrong. But the New England Patriots didn't know what was happening. Because here's the thing. If they had trust in Siddham, could we have won more games? Possibly. Could we have won in Seattle, maybe, with his throwing arms, with his running abilities? 50-50 chance, maybe, possibly. But I don't think it would have been different from 7-9. It could have been 6-10, and 10, maybe a little bit 8-8, eight eight, just like the Dallas Cowboys, but... We we don't know, because here's the thing: if Bill Belichick would have started Jared Stidham last season, we wouldn't have had to deal with Cam. Would Would Mac Jones come to us? You know, in the draft, of course. Yes, he would, because you know we, as us Patriots can say, we don't know if we have trust in Stidham. And here's the difference between having trust and not having trust in someone: if Bill Belichick actually trusts Stidham. We wouldn't have signed Cam last season. We wouldn't have known Will Sidham be a great future quarterback for the New England Patriots. Now, you know, last year's draft was kind of interesting having, you know, Joe Burrow go to the bank, uh, being drafted by the Bengals and him getting hurt halfway through the season. But a good quarterback that we could have gotten in the draft that I'm a little bit upset with Bill Balachek about, because um, Jake Frome um, is a wonderful quarterback. He's basically like, if you combine these two players together, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees combined. He can run like Russell Wilson. He has a great arm like Drew Brees. And I think that would have been a great quarterback to have as as a third stringer. He would have been fine. And I think possibly if we didn't sign Cam last season, I think he would have been the starter. I think he would have been great. You know, people in the draft were telling him how great he was as a thrower, as a catcher, you know. He was just a great person to have on the field, and he could have possibly could he have turned things around in New England? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But the Patriots should have thought about this really long and hard. Was it a good idea to bring Cam Newton into the system? I think it was, but I think we would have been more happier to see how Jared Stidham would have fit in the system. Even though he threw a couple of uh, touchdown passes last season, and now he's had his. First couple throws, but I think we'd, we would have all questionized this situation with having Jimmy Garoppolo be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. I think that would have been clutch to have him come back. I know everyone's going to say, oh, he's injury prone. No, that's not a good match to have, you know, Jimmy G come here in New England. But I think it would have been a lot better situation than having Cam Newton as your quarterback. I think it would have been better to have someone who actually knows the system and can, you know, teach other younger, wiser quarterbacks the system in Jimmy G than have somebody that doesn't even know the system in Cam Newton to come and play for the New England Patriots. You know, it's not a bad idea. I'm not saying that bringing in Cam was a terrible idea. I think it was a great idea to see if, you know, oh, can Cam still play – like he did in Carolina, or can he play You know, like he did when he used to play for the Super Bowl with the Panthers? But I think Cam Newton on that Shock the World Tour, it's about to happen. It's going to be insane right now. But right now we're going to hit our first break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about the Boston Celtics and do they actually deserve to be in the playoffs and how well will they do in this year's playoffs. You're listening to The Clutch. I'm Devin Talaghani. Welcome back to the clutch. We just had a great talk about, you know, Mac Jones, Cam Newton on the Patriots right now. But let's switch gears, Celtics, as we are going to talk about how well the Celtics can really actually do. And will the Celtics actually do well in the playoffs? Can Celtics shock the world, just like I said, with Cam Newton? I think that. The Boston Celtics will have a tough time with playing in the playoffs. And here's my reason why. I think the Celtics are going to have a tough time. Guys, here's the thing. We have two superstars on the team in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now, are those two playing to the exact height that we want them to play? No, not really. Because, you know, just a couple of nights ago, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Both got hurt. I mean, no, no, it wasn't their fault. They ran into each other. But here's the thing. The Boston Celtics of this year, of 2021, do not deserve to be in the playoffs. They don't. They've been losing to a lot of bad teams. The Bulls, the Thunder, and the New York Knicks. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad team, the Knicks. But. The Boston Celtics are in seventh place right now. And the New York Knicks, Stephen A. Smith's Knicks, are doing a whole lot better than the Boston Celtics. And that, to me, is a slap in the face right there. Because here's the thing. This offseason, did we get anyone good this year? We got Tristan Thompson and Jeff T. And what happened to them? Tristan Thompson was the better acquisition than Jeff T was. I thought Jeff Teague could actually, you know, bring us back to playoff hype and actually bring us to the playoffs and actually play well like the Jeff Teague when he used to play for the Atlanta Hawks. I really thought he could actually do that. But did he? No. He did not perform to his perspective here in Boston. I mean, yes, our draft picks are doing well, Pritchard and Smith. Pritchard is absolutely tearing it up for the Celtics right now. He is putting the team on his back just like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should have been doing. Right now, the Celtics should be sitting in fourth place, just like the New York Knicks. But are they doing that? No, not really. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to push this to the limit. They really need to do that if they want us to perform well in the playoffs because the Eastern Conference is hard. I'm going to tell you that with the Milwaukee Bucks, with the Nets, and the surprising 76ers. I'll tell you that. Those are the three toughest teams. And and throwing the new, the New York Knicks are a tough team to handle. They really are. Because here's the thing. Will the Celtics beat any of those four teams in the playoffs? Probably not. That ain't going to happen. Milwaukee Bucks are better than you. The Nets are better than you. Surprisingly, the 76ers are a whole better team than the Boston Celtics. Can they perform to the hypest? I don't think so. This year, if you ask me as a Boston Celtics diehard fan, do they deserve to be in the playoffs right now? I'm going to say, heck no. They do not deserve it. They're playing well against some crappy and some good teams. I'll tell you that. But they don't deserve to be in the NBA playoffs right now. Not by the way they're playing. you know. I thought they'd be higher right now. I thought they'd be in, in the higher standings. But nope. The Boston Celtics, as we speak of right now, are not playing to the hypers. They really aren't. And they really haven't had a superstar other than Kyrie Irving years ago when he used to play for us and we traded for him when he traded down to the Celtics when Danny Ainge made that great trade to acquire him, I thought Kyrie Irving could have been the answer for the Celtics. I really thought that. As a Celtics fan, I was pumped. I was like, hey, we actually got a Cleveland Cavalier, and he's actually good, minus LeBron James. And I thought that, you know, he could actually play with us, and he could actually be the point guard that we've won. kind of like the Rajon Rondo that we've been kind of looking for in a point guard. But, you know, long story short, we all knew that, you know, that didn't work out. The whole press conference at the season ticket holder with Kyrie Irving saying, oh, you know, I'm going to sign here for the rest of my life. And then him signing with Brooklyn, yada, yada, yada. But if you ask me, Kemba Walker is the answer that the Celtics have been looking for. And I'm really pumped and I'm really excited about this. Because here's the thing. I've always watched him when he was on Charlotte. And he's played amazing. Even though he's been getting hurt here and there, I think that Kemba Walker is the answer at point guard. And I would like to see him play for the Celtics from time on to time on. I would really strive to see him play in a Celtics uniform for the rest of his life. Because I can't picture him on any other team. This is his second year playing for the Celtics. He's been doing a phenomenal job. Outstanding. Better than any of the point guards. But besides the great Isaiah Thomas, he's been playing great. He's been doing an amazing job for the Boston Celtics as we speak right now. And here's the thing. Yeah, I'm talking bad about the Celtics, but I think they can strive if they may if they if they don't have any more injuries. And here's the thing. I love the um trade acquisition of Evan Fournier. He's been a great Celtic player the last couple weeks. When I saw that we, we were interested in Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, I've, I've been watching Fournier ever since I've been, I was little. Man, can that kid shoot. He can shoot the lights out right now. And he's been performing well. His threes are amazing. His defense is unbelievable. He can't be stopped right now. You know, Evan Fournier. He's been a magic all his life, and he's been a great player. You know, upset that we didn't get Aaron Gordon a little bit, but, you know, Aaron Gordon is striving well with the Denver Nuggets, and, you know, we don't need him right now. And here's the thing. Evan Fournier, if you ask me, he's been producing well. He's been playing defense like Marcus Smart. He's been just carrying the team on his back. Him, and you throw in Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker has been a great acquisition for us. I've loved him ever since he was on the Milwaukee Bucks, you know. Danny Ainge is a not-that-bad GM, but here's the thing. Will he be on the hot seat right now? I don't think so. If the Celtics lose the next couple of games, the next couple of weeks, and he ain't back here, and the Celtics aren't in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised because here's the thing. You have two superstars on that team. You used to have a lot when you used to have Rogier, not superstar players, but mediocre players like Rozier, Marquise Morris, or Marcus Morris. I think it was Marcus Morris. Um, we had Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. That was the Celtics team that I missed. I missed seeing them play on the team. And rogier has been doing a phenomenal job for the, for the uh, Hornets. He's been doing an amazing job. Same with Gordon Hayward. That team's been producing amazing. And, you know, I just have nothing but good words for them. You know, even though they're in the East, you know, Ball's doing great on that team. And, you know, it, that team's just amazing. I just see in one of my headlines right now, the Boston Celtics are playing the Magic, and they are without Jalen Brown and Romeo Langford. You know, Romeo Langford, I'm not that too, but heard about. But Jalen Brown, he's been a big piece for the Celtics. And, you know, him being out against the Magic, that's, you know, that's not good. But I think the Celtics can pull this out because the Magic, they don't have anyone good right now on the team, if you ask me. They don't have anyone that's good. They lost, you know, Vucevic, Gordon. They lost Fournier. Good thing they didn't lose Terrence Russ because he's been a good player for the team, and they have – Still a former St. Andrews alumni school that I went to. Michael Carter-Williams is still there and who's playing amazing. But, you know, this Magic team, you know, they're striving for a better future. That's why they let go of all those three people I talked about with, Vucevic and Gordon Fournier. That's why they let all of them go because they're on a rebuilding stage. And I think the Magic could possibly be back next season if they're looking for a greater future. I could actually really see that happening. But as of right now, the Magic, they're not even close to contention. But, you know, it'll be awesome to see. But, you know, going back to the Celtics, um, if they can beat any of these teams right here, the Bucks next or the 76ers, I don't see it. I can see them possibly beating, if they make it, the Chicago Bulls, even though that team is striving for greatness. You know, Daniel Tice being on their starter or their bench. But this NBA playoffs are going to be fun. I can't wait to see it. You know, I have a feeling that it could possibly be, you know, blocks, I think, against the Nets in the in the you know Eastern Conference Finals. Because those both teams are good. Even the 76ers. I think possibly the Knicks. I can't believe I'm saying this right now. On you know, May 5th, the New York Knicks could actually make the Eastern Conference. Because here's the thing. Julius Randle and Derek Rose have been putting the Knicks on their back. That is a team in NY City that's performing well. I can't believe it. I'm saying this. I can't believe that, you know, the New York Knicks, I thought with them having, like, no one except for, you know, Julius Randle, that team's been a surprise team in the NBA. They're sitting in the fourth seed right now as we talk right now it's just like wow i can't believe that you know the knicks the new york city knicks are in a playoff contention right now for seed are you kidding me right now oh that team is shocking you know i can't believe they're performing well better than the celtics you know the new york knicks really do deserve to be in the playoffs they really do this team has heart this team has a lot of desire do well and strive well and I think for the first time in forever since way back when both New York teams the Nets and the Knicks will be in the playoffs right now but you know there's about two weeks left in the NBA so it'll be very interesting to see I mean in the Western Conference that 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 team that's that's like a wow joker kind of thing the Los Angeles Lakers I mean if they didn't have LeBron James or Anthony Davis hurt, They probably would have been sitting second seed or third seed right now. They're sitting in the sixth seed right now as we talk about, you know, the Western Conference standings. It's just amazing to see how teams perform right now. If it weren't for injuries, if it weren't for, you know, the whole COVID protocol, if it weren't for that stuff right now, you know, the Lakers could have been sitting third, maybe fourth seed. But – with injuries to two of their top players in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's just unbelievable. And that's just crazy to see that the Los Angeles Lakers, King James's Lakers, are sitting at the sixth seed right now. I mean, who would have known possibly the Lakers be falling off the edge this season? I mean, they don't really have the team that they used to have. Rajon Rondo went to the other side of LA to play for the Clippers. Well, he first went. He first signed with the Hawks, and then he got traded to the LA Clippers. And now the Clippers are hopefully that is a team that I'm hoping that that strives well because they did amazing in free agency with the Santa Baca, with you know getting Rajon Rondo during the trade deadline. I was hoping that that team could win the playoffs and you know be NBA championships last season because with the trade of Paul George signing up Kawhi Leonard or trading of Kawhi Leonard, I was hoping that that could actually happen. But, you know, we all know the Lakers won that one, and you know, so on and so on, LeBron James wins. But, you know, the, the Los Angeles Clippers, they're a scary team. You know, with getting Baca, with getting Rondo, you know, that team could possibly be back and striving well in the playoffs. I think Denver could possibly do well. Maybe, and the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns will definitely shock everyone this year i think they're a first place team which is amazing but that wraps it up with the nba talk we're going to talk mlb to wrap up the show and we'll see you guys in the next couple of seconds i'm devin talgani and this is the clutch Welcome back on The Clutch. My name is Evan Telgani. So to wrap up the show, we are going to talk about the Red Hot Red Sox. But before we talk about the Red Sox, we just had a a no-hitter alert happen for the Baltimore Orioles. John Means threw a no-hitter for the Baltimore Orioles. I think it's been the first no-hitter in, like, many, many years. I want to say 59 or maybe 52 years, possibly. And that's just amazing, because here's the thing. We all know that the Baltimore Orioles are never going anywhere. They don't have a great system. They don't have a good team. They haven't been good ever since Mellon Moore and Miguel Tejada used to play, and Luke Scott. But John Means is a great pitcher. Their pitching staff is not too bad with Harvey, with you know, Means, with everyone on that pitching rotation. But it's really sad that they're not going to – go anywhere, because they're sitting dead last in the ALEs. I think it goes Red Sox, Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays, and then Baltimore Orioles. I mean, John Means, he threw, he played nine innings. He struck out 12 players, which is amazing. And he just threw, man, a no-hitter. I can't believe it. A Baltimore Orioles player threw a no-hitter, and that's just awesome to see. For the Orioles right now, with their season going basically as always downhill, but they were three and zero to start the season. Yes, that is correct. They swept the Boston Red Sox to start off their season, but I knew that was going to last long. You know, Rah Ross ball, the Baltimore Orioles had a three and zero record, amazing, but the decline is going down. Even though they've won fifteen games, and lost eighteen. You know, I wish them nothing but the best throughout the rest of the season. You know, I hope that they can strive well in the next coming, hopefully, seasons. Because this team is like the Cleveland Browns of years ago. They are a laughing stock. They don't have anyone good. or They don't have anyone that can perform. Yes, their offense is great with Michael Franco and with Freddie Galvis. And, you know... Trey Mancini coming back from uh, cancer, which is amazing. But um, that that's just amazing. You know, John Means throwing a no-hitter against the Seattle Manors away. Yes, he threw it away. He didn't throw it in Camden Yards. He threw it away. And it, it, it's just amazing to see no-hitters happen. And here's the thing. You know, I'm getting off topic on this, but, you know, here's the thing. Madison Baumgartner <laughs> threw a no-hitter during a doubleheader. And, you know, in a doubleheader this year, it's seven innings. But here's the question. Does that count for a no-hitter? I think he threw – I forgot what team he threw it it against. But Madison Bumgarner threw a no-hitter in a seven-inning game. Should that count for a no-hitter or a.k.a. perfect game? I think in my books, I would definitely count it as a no-hitter slash perfect game. I would call it. It, it's a no-hitter. It happened, yes, during a seven-inning game. But seven innings, six innings, five inning. it's still a freaking no-hitter. It still happened. I still think it should count. It really should. I think it should count in the books for a no-hitter. You know, I know in MLB it doesn't count because it's only seven innings. But I say it does count. I think they should overchange the rule until, you know, if it's seven innings or six-inning game or less or more, it should count as a no-hitter or a perfect game. But let's go back to our lovely homebound Boston Red Sox. Uh, you know, the Boston Red Sox are red hot right now, even though they did lose three out of four games to the Texas Rangers. They lost Thursday night. They won on my birthday Friday. They lost Saturday. They had a lead on Sunday. The Red Sox had a lead, but lost it when Adam Adovino came in the the eighth inning. And then our hometown favorite player, Brock Holt, hit a two-run single double. And that ended the game 5-3. We lost. But – Monday, no, Tuesday, Tuesday, sorry. Tuesday, the Boston Red Sox have a three-game set and they're playing right now against the Detroit Tigers, which is amazing. Last night's game, we won 11 to 7. Kudos to our newly acquired right fielder, Hunter Renfrow. He hit his 100th home run of his major league career. And that's just awesome. Having 100 home runs or more, it's just it's just amazing. It really is amazing to see, you know, these players have milestones of home runs, of RBIs, of hits. And it's just really great to see that, you know, our newly acquired right fielder is having one of his amazing seasons right now. You know, he was a great acquisition, you know, Kiki Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez, you know, all those outfielders slash infielders are pursuing well the Boston Red Sox, except for I have to talk about this French Cordero. Yes, we acquired him in the trade with Kansas City for Ben Attendee, and I thought acquiring Frenchy Cordero wasn't a bad idea because people were saying that he has pop and he can do things really, really well. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, so he can be like a Willy Mo Pena, or maybe like a Christian Yellich hit some bombs out of the ballpark. But right now, Frenchie Cordero is not pursuing as many Red Sox fans hoping that he can do, which is kind of depressing as a Red Sox fan. Now, here's the thing. Will we see him maybe be demoted down to the Woo Sox? It's a possibility. It really is, because if you think about it, Maybe if we, you know, send up Danny Santana, who used to be an amazing player for Texas Rangers, maybe that could be one of our things that we can do. Or maybe have, you know, Michael Chavis come up because he's been performing well down in Worcester. But, you know, change needs to happen. And usually change is a good thing. It really is. But I think that the Red Sox need to do that. Because right now, if you ask me, Frenchie Cordero is not pursuing. Yeah, he has a couple RBIs, but he's the only newly acquired Red Sox player that hasn't hit a home run. And I was hoping to think that he could actually be the one that has hit maybe two, maybe three bombs, but he hasn't been. Kiki's been doing better. Renful has been doing better. Even Marwin Gonzalez. He's had, I think, one home run. But still, I think that the Red Sox need to send down Frenchie Cordero in order to do well and bring up either Danny Santana or Michael Davis, one of their hot bats, like you know, it needs to happen because Danny Santana, he was a great player for the Rangers. They really need to bring his butt up here because I think he can strive well. I think he's been sitting there relaxing. and he's been performing well. And I think the Red Sox need to make that phone call. They really need to call him up and be like, Hey, Our outfield hasn't been performing well, but we need to send down Frenchie Cordero and bring up Danny Santana. But Alex Verdugo has been on an absolute freaking tear right now as a Red Sox player. He's been doing well, and he's been performing well, which is amazing. You know, can Alex Verdugo produce more than what Mookie Betts did? You know, it's his second, you know, actual full year as a Red Sox. And I think he can actually do that. I think for Google can be the movie bets that we've been wanting and waiting for. You know, we've been seeing the home run cart, you know, things in the dugout. I think that's great. I love that the Red Sox are trying to do, like, you know, many things to spark up their, you know, dugout and make things fun. When Brock Cole used to be on the team, like, you know. Used to have a celebration with JD Martinez, which you know now we can't do anymore since you know Brockles on the team. But you know the Red Sox are the fun Sox right now. We're going to call them the Boston Fun Sox, which is amazing. They're sitting, they're chilling in first place, which is amazing, which is great. As a Red Sox fan, I would have never expected this. I really would have never expected this from the Boston Red Sox right now. And, you know, just like I said at the beginning of my show, the Red Sox could be on a revenge tour. You know, I think by the end of this year, we could be in the playoff. Wild card, maybe first place in the AL East. It would be nice. It would be really awesome to say, hey, the Red Sox are a playoff team because many people are laughing at us, you know, this upcoming season. Oh, you know, you guys don't have Mookie. Y'all like JBJ. I mean, yeah, I miss JBJ. And I do miss Ben Attendee, and I think he could have pursued well with us, both of them. But, you know, if you ask me honestly, I don't think I really miss JBJ. I miss his defense. I don't miss his bat. I think that's why, you know, the Red Sox never signed JBJ. You know, I think, you know, the Red Sox were just like, hey, it's time to let the killer bees go because, you know, change is always good. You know, I think Hunter Renfro is sitting here well. I think Verdugo is doing a great job for the Red Sox. You know, Cordero is doing elsewise, you know. But Hernandez is, you know, flip-flopping everywhere, playing from right to center to left to second base. And I like what they're doing with Marlon Gonzalez, you know, switching him everywhere. Sometimes they'll even put him in the outfield or they'll put him second base, first base, shortstop. He's been everywhere except for catcher, which is really – a great thing and I think the Red Sox are performing well because we have our beloved and loving full manager back in Alex Cora you know having Ron Reneke as the manager last year I think the Red Sox were kind of like missing a spark and the spark that they needed was definitely Alex freaking Cora right now because he was the spark that gave us the first World Series when he first coached us which was amazing back in 18 and you know he was just a spark that we needed you know all Red Sox fans really needed him and we got him back and ever since we got him back everyone's been smiling everyone's been laughing doing the home run cards in the dugout which is great you know he's been driving well in a Red Sox uniform he'll be here here forever I have a good feeling and once we get Chris Sale back in the rotation that starting rotation will be unstoppable with Pavetta, with Self, Rodriguez, Avaldi. <laughs> we're just un- an unstoppable team. We're chilling right now in first place. And we're playing the Detroit Tigers. And tomorrow afternoon will be the last game of a three-game series. And Avaldi will be pitching to end up the season, season, the series, which will be great to see. And, you know, the Yankees, they're coming back from being in last place. John Carlos Stanton is getting hot. But, you know, as long as the Red Sox, they stay hot right now, that's all that really matters as a Boston fan. You know, I could see us probably winning 90, maybe 92 games, and that could possibly get us in to the playoffs right now, which we would really, really love and which we would need. But, you know, right now it's just an amazing season for the Red Sox. And, you know, our pitching staff is unbelievable. Yes, so we have our woes with our, you know, relief pitching, but I think you know Whitlock, Atavino, and Barnes are just amazing. Seven, eight, and nine punch. We've been waiting for. All right. Before I end the show, we'll be right back. I just have a quick thought to say before we wrap things up here. I'm Devin Telgani, and this is. All right, guys, welcome back to The Clutch. One quick wrap-up before I end things here. As you read down below, Aaron Rodgers is not happy with the Green Bay Packers. I can definitely see uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers moving on from the Packers. Either he's going to be traded away to the Broncos, the 49ers, or maybe the Oakland Raiders, or another thing he could do, basically retire. Because here's the thing, it's basically been a quarterback's league in the offseason which is kind of sad to see but it's kind of awesome but it would be really sad to see aaron Rodgers hang up the cleats but an interesting fact is that bart Starr, when he used to be a quarterback for the uh green bay packers he only played on the packers for 16 seasons and then he went on with his life the all grateful brett farp he played for the green bay packers 16 years, and then we all know what happened with his life. Aaron Rodgers, right now, he's played on the Packers for I think 16 seasons and now doesn't want to play for 17. I've been hearing that he hasn't been treated right in Green Bay for the past couple of years, so could he possibly be on the move to another team like the Broncos? But here's the thing why would the Broncos want to trade for a quarterback? If they already traded for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, I understand if he goes to the Green Bay Packers, he will actually be the starter and Bridgewater will be the backup. But why would you want to trade for Teddy Bridgewater if you're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers? That's my question. That's like a kick in the face right there, or slap in the face, as, as many people say here. But I don't know. Will Aaron Rodgers be come next week or maybe the next couple of days? I think his honest answer will be possibly retiring. And that's going to be sad to see happen here. But I want to thank all you guys for watching my second episode of The Clutch. I will be back next Wednesday, as always, 8 o'clock, same time, same place. I want to say thank you all for watching, and I will see you guys next week. I'm Devin Talaghani, and this is The Clutch.